We're never going to change the fact that women could get raped in the next year, you know, that's never going to happen. We, we can't change the kind of societal structures that, that cause some men to rape. But what we can do is, is change, th change things to make women feel safe in the short term. Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by the editor of The Express, Aaron Carpenter, for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and plenty of guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on the most important issues we in the bailiwick face. Women should not feel afraid to walk home. This is the bottom line of a national campaign sparked by the death of Sarah Everard, a 33-year-old woman who disappeared in South London on the 3rd of March. One week later, her body was found in Kent and a police officer was charged with her murder. The story was a catalyst for a movement people determined to start a shift in culture and change the narrative. Hundreds of people gathered in Market Square this week for a peaceful protest. They joined other like-minded women and men in a series of events across the British Isles called Reclaim These Streets. It was an opportunity for people to share their stories and give light to a huge social issue. We spoke to two of the organisers of the rally, Daisy Chapel and Gwen LeBlond about their experiences and why the conversation needs to continue. I came down last night. I came down to the, the protest this week. And how was it? I know. How, how did you find it? Was it exactly what you wanted it to be? And... Better than I could have expected. Really, I was so nervous um, about the turnout and about speaking, especially. But yeah, it was just fantastic. There were so many people there. Everyone was really supportive. So many young people, which was amazing. That's one of the main things that I've been talking about today. Actually, was the youth engagement yeah. was just terrific. Crazy there were people there. Yeah. I don't think I would have been as engaged or happy to go mm. when I was 15, 16, 17 mm. and there were just these young people and they were excited to be part of something mm. and it's them that are going to create a different exactly. world for people yeah. going forward and I think it's so, so important to keep that engagement um, through social media but also through helping them find their voice, see people stand up and be so open and mm. honest in a freezing cold yeah, space really last cold. night. It was really, <laughs> it was freezing and people were just brave. And the stories yeah. that they told were, it was like a film. It was, yeah, it was just incredible. How many speakers did you have last night? All, all in total? 12. Was it 12 in the end? Yeah. And how many people came all together? Do you know? 400, 450, the police thought there were. There was a, there an was incredible an amount of people. There were a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and like we say, there was, people of all ages mm. there was wonderfully lots and lots of men yeah there obviously it's for women but it's really important that we're all part of the discussion and i think having the chaps there lending their support yeah. to their families their friends being there and everybody educating themselves i know i've learned so much in the last week and a half since yeah, we started definitely um i'm not usually want to get so politically involved in things we'll want to do better but 
this is something that I hope I'm helping change the narrative going yeah, forward. Definitely. And all, all of us are learning, I think. <laughs> and I know you mentioned, um, Daisy, in your, in your talk yesterday, that this is something that, I guess, one thing that gets bandied around quite a lot is the idea that it doesn't happen in Guernsey, but it obviously does. Yeah, so the, I got asked this so many times yesterday, especially by um, like media people. Um, and they were saying, you know, what would you say to people who are saying, well, it doesn't happen in Guernsey, so why are you complaining? We, but I think there was a comment on one of the uh, Facebook posts that was like, Guernsey's perfectly safe, it's great for kayaking. And it was like, that's not the point. And I guess to that, I just say, look at the turnout. Look at how many people came out. Look at how many people, I mean, we had to turn people down when it came to speaking because there was not enough room for everyone. So many people wanted to speak. So many people wanted to tell their stories. And it's like, I mean, that's proof really, isn't it? Like, we shouldn't have to give proof, but we do. And that's it. Like, there are so many people that wanted to be involved. And it's because it is a huge problem on Guernsey that isn't being taken seriously. So how did you both get involved? How did you, why did you decide to be part of this process or, or part of this movement in the way, in the big way that you both have been? My sister-in-law, Joey, texted me after she heard the news about Sarah and said, we need to do something. This must be a thing happening here. She set up a Facebook group. We got introduced to Daisy and Camille. Um, and obviously Sean is a, a really big part of this but it was just I can't speak for anybody else but it was from a place of anger and frustration and obviously with the social media things like there was a post on Instagram which just was text me when you get home and I I thought this isn't okay that that's what I do when I go out with my girlfriends mm. I can't remember the last time I wasn't concerned if somebody hadn't text me within yeah. X frame of time or things like that. And it's hardly like we live in the ghetto. Yeah. But clearly it is a problem everywhere. And there's lots of little things that we can do to make ourselves feel better. But with the social media, people are saying, this is how you can be safer. This is how you can drop a pin on a WhatsApp message or on a Facebook message and you can share your location. My running groups, they say, you know, with the Apple Watch, if you drop down, there's, there's all sorts of things. And it, it's important that we know how to make ourselves feel better. But it is important that we're having the conversation of why are we so... Yeah. yeah. Or why are we having to find these solutions yeah. to a problem that needn't exist? I heard a lot of people say that they were angry that it's got to this point anyway. It's something that we all do. It's something that ever. I mean, every time I go out with a girlfriend, it's like, text me when you get home safe. And sometimes she's too drunk, too forgetful, too tired to remember to text me. And I am phoning and phoning as soon as I realise that she hasn't texted me back, you know? And it's something that all of us do. We all do it. Text me when you get home. I carry a um, keyring alarm with me everywhere I go, just in case. We all do it, but nobody really questions it. It's just, well, that's what you do. That's how you keep yourself safe. And it's like, it shouldn't be. That's not where we should be right now as a society. It's 2021. I shouldn't be terrified about being raped every time I leave the house, but it's a real possibility that it could happen, so of course we are. So it sounds like something that was bubbling underneath the surface. I mean, why did the Sarah Everard story cause this to come out in the way that it has? 
I think it's the recognition that it's not okay. Mm. I think we you, you do something for long enough and you just accept that this is what you do. And I think something like this happens and it's terrifying and the realisation's terrifying that this is something that I say to my friends, we're encouraging our children to think like this. We're saying things to the older generation, you know, about safety that they wouldn't necessarily maybe think about. I don't know. They're not, there's not so much tech. But the stories that we've had, though, there's people, the demographic of people that came forward with their stories, it wasn't just young girls. Mm. It was people all the way through to their 60s and 70s and we've all just got this acceptance and I think that's why there's so much frustration and anger and, and real sadness that we're having to have these awkward conversations. But I know it, it is starting conversations. My guy friends are saying, what should I do if I'm behind a girl? Exactly. Uh, and yeah. of course they know because I'm posting and I'm loud. and But they're... I, I, I can't think that anybody would have asked me how to make somebody feel safer before this yeah. conversation. So yeah, let's absolutely. keep the conversation going. Let's find ways of doing things. Let's take yeah. great ideas from other places and see if we can make them work here. We'll work with yeah. other charities. We're trying to work out how we can keep this going because it's too important to say, okay, we had an amazing vigil. And it's done now. And it's done. <laughs> but also, I don't want, in 18 months' time, so we've got to do what is warmer next time, to have to have it again for yeah. the same reasons. I don't want to hear the same stories. It would be great if we could say, and this change has happened. Nobody thinks that we're going to change the whole world no, for one event. But if we can make some people feel safer, then that's a massive change in itself. If we can implement things to make women feel safer on nights out, then that's fantastic. We're never gonna change the fact that women could get raped in the next year, you know? That's never gonna happen. We, we can't change the kind of societal structures that, that cause some men to rape, but what we can do is, is change, thing, change things to make women feel safe in the short term, you know? And also get the confidence from hearing people tell their story mm. to go and speak to the police yeah. to speak to counsellors to get therapy and helping direct people to the channels where they can really yeah. get helpful help if it's happened one of the speakers last night and i'm sorry i can't remember who it was it doesn't matter if it happened tonight yeah. yesterday 10 years ago i think it was k it, it was, k. Yeah. It, was the, the, it was incredible but I think that's the thing. Tell your story, because if you're not aware of a problem, and I, I think as a society, we just pretended it didn't happen, largely, yeah. or that it was okay, but if the police don't know how often people are having attack, sexual attacks, inappropriate touching, yeah. harassment, um, harassment but, but even if we can speak to some of the pubs or the bars or the restaurants and say, this has happened. Is there a safe person to speak to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a community effort. Exactly. I, I did see there was somebody who said on one of the Facebook posts. Uh, no, it was a friend of mine, actually. It wasn't on the Facebook post. It was a friend of mine who messaged me and said, is this really 
um, you know, the way that you want to go about this, because, you know, it happens to men too, and it's not all men that do this, and I was like, I cannot believe that I'm having to have this conversation with you. Um, but I was really kind of polite and just explained everything, and I think he understood it. But one of the, because um, he was saying, you know, the bars are so safe, and if you go to a bouncer at one of the clubs, and I won't mention the one that everyone knows is the worst for it, but if you go to, you know, one of the bouncers at, at, at that particular club, then, you know, they'll really help you. And I said, well, I have this expert. Actually, it happened last time I was there. There was a girl sat in one of the booths, and she was falling asleep drunk, like, at the booth. So I went straight over to her as I was heading outside to go for a cigarette and was like, um, are you okay? Do you need any help getting home? Like, are you doing okay? And she said, oh, I'm absolutely fine. I'm absolutely fine. She was clearly very, very drunk. Um, and she didn't want my help. And she was like, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So I went over by the door and I just waited and kept an eye on her for a second just to make sure she was okay. And as soon as I left her, there were these two older guys who sat either side of her at the booth so she couldn't get out. And they were touching her and they were like rubbing, like pulling her hair back from her face. And so I went straight to the bouncers. I was like, I do not feel safe wading into that with like these two older, but you know, maybe the bouncer can do something. So I went to the bouncer and I said, oh, um, just letting you know, this girl's very drunk, these guys are being very creepy, can you keep an eye on her, I'm a bit concerned. And their answer was to eject her from the club for being too drunk. And the last I saw of her, she was stumbling off towards the taxi rank. And it's like, well, she is clearly far too intoxicated to be able to be safe. And if there are more people who are willing to take advantage, like these two guys at the booth... Well, they could just leave and follow her. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and it's terrifying. And it's like the taxi rank. I won't go anywhere near the taxi rank. Like, when I'm anywhere near sober, like, I, I don't want to go there when I'm drunk either. But sometimes it's the only option. And it's scary. I don't like being there. It's terrifying. And it's like, I, I mean, realistically, nothing probably happened to her, you know? But I don't know that. The bouncers don't know that. Something could have happened to her. And maybe the answer there is having volunteers in that strip outside of the clubs where... Yeah, they're the group... I can't remember what they're called now. There's a, a, a group of... The lollipop. Yeah, who give out flip-flops. Yeah. My aunt used to do that. Yeah. I love them. They are my favourite people. Well, I was thinking, um, maybe, you know, maybe that could be something that they got involved with. Maybe it could be a separate group that, like, joined up with them. And, hi, are you okay? Do you need help getting home? Do you want me to take you to the taxi rank and wait for a taxi with you? Is there maybe a hotel that we could speak to? I mean, I was talking about this in a group chat earlier. Yeah. Is there a hotel that we could speak to and say, hi, if a woman is feeling unsafe, is she okay to come and sit in your lobby and wait for a taxi and and do you know what i mean yeah so like, i think they're called street angels yeah i'm pretty yes. sure yeah, that's yeah, what they're yeah. called so the, you have got a lot of that in cardiff and manchester and places yeah. like that because i'd seen it at the angel hotel they're saying if you're feeling in cardiff if you're feeling threatened like a safe place for it's you to a go safe to place and we'll call you a cab and i'm not suggesting that any of the hotels in town want to become the new taxi rank well no but not. at the same time I think there should be safe spaces yeah. available and it's going to but it's going to take it a cultural shift yeah, exactly. for us to say right okay oh I've had one drink too many yeah. I don't feel comfortable walking home there's lots of people standing outside we're going to get back to the summer there's lots of people crowding around yes, and you can feel threatened and it would be great if we can somehow link up with the taxi companies or something to try and say well maybe it doesn't all have to be at the taxi rank at the Weybridge 
perhaps we can have more taxes at the top of Smith Street. Perhaps there can be yeah. more taxis at the town church. Exactly. And if there's enough people that want it, if you're spreading it out and there are people and there are safe places to wait or there's a lot more volunteers and it's for all of us to volunteer, yeah. we can't just expect the churches to magic up another yeah. <laughs> 500 people in a year. But they're willing to go out yeah. and they're so sweet. So um, and, and kind and I'm sure they do everything to help. But we have to be able to work with groups and community groups have to be able to work together mm. and we've all got to take better care of each other but if it was midnight and there was a drunk girl I'd be like well I, I'm not going to be able to get you a taxi and there's no direct answer for that either I can't magic up a thousand more taxis because everybody wants to go home yeah. after the pubs kick them yeah, out but that's why we need to try and come up with solutions and yeah. I know that Bailiwick Law Enforcement are really keen to work with charities yeah. and groups to try and make people feel safer but I think again you've got people who would be concerned to go to a police person particularly if they're underage. Mm, yes. I thought one of the great things that was mentioned last night was that you not allowing yourself to be shamed or feel ashamed by it to be able to come forward and you know there was a lot of bravery that I thought was shown last night. I think yeah that's something I've struggled with because it's been it's been six years since the first time I was assaulted um, and a good four of them were spent just being like this was my fault and I was the one who drank that much and I was the one who didn't report and what if he did it to someone else that's on me you know and there is so much like shame and stigma around it and I don't know the police are trying their best and there are so many officers that are absolutely fantastic and when I reported both of my assaults um, the police officers that I dealt with were fantastic but the I think the problem around it are the laws like for me personally um, this decision was later changed but the um, guy who assaulted me the second time is in England now and when I reported relived the trauma and did all of the video interviews and then I was told it was too expensive to go and arrest him so it was kind of just left as it was and then they phoned me about two months later and said that they could do that now and that, that you know some stuff had changed but I think it was Kyra that mm -hmm. was speaking on that as well a little bit yesterday that it was, it was too expensive to arrest one of her attackers because he was in a different country and although the police officers are absolutely fantastic I think there's a problem in the laws I think there's a problem especially in like the judiciary system with um, conviction rates and I mean the punishments for this I mean Kyra was talking about it yesterday her attacker was convicted for what he did to her and given I think it was a 15 month probation order um, and then he broke that it was a three-year probation three order year probation and order. because he didn't notify the court of a change of address they yeah, invoked a 15-month custodial sentence and she was saying well why is breaking his probation and not telling them that he's moved worth an imprisonment but mm. the fact that he raped me isn't which is just insane you know puts people off going going through the process well, this is it. And this it is sounds arduous and we don't want people to be put off we want people to feel confident and comfortable going to the police but until there is a change in the way that rape is viewed socially and the way that it is dealt with by the courts 
Um, I don't think that people will feel comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable. My friends who have gone forward didn't feel comfortable. And it's a massive, especially if it's historical, it's a massive upheaval of all of these emotions that you have been compartmentalizing the entire time. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big issue and it's gonna take a lot to change it. And I don't think it's something, it's not something that can change overnight. I don't know if it's even something that can change in a year. But I think it is something that can change with the right pressures and the right people behind it. Um, so yeah, I'm hopeful. I thought, I'm really hopeful. how did you, because you told your story last night, and that must have been, how did you get to that point? I mean, what was it like for you? It was very brave yeah, of you to odd, do that. Really odd. Was um, it the first time you'd ever put it out to, I mean, you'd so, never put it to that many people before, no, obviously. but. Um, no, um, I, yeah, so I was assaulted when I was 15 and 16 um, by two different men and I was very, very quiet about it for a long time. Uh, the first assault came out publicly after a few months after it happened um, because I had confided in one person and he told everybody um, and nobody believed that it had happened and I did not want it out there. I wanted that knowledge to myself. I didn't want anyone to know and all of a sudden everyone knew. So especially after that happened, I was so quiet about it, so withdrawn about it, I didn't want anyone to know, I didn't even tell my therapist, like, I was very, very quiet about it. Um, and then, I guess I was about 18 or 19, um, and I'd, I'd started college, I'd, I'd started um, a creative, digital, creative and digital arts course, um, and I really, like, flourished while I was doing it. Um, and my final piece ended up being a piece about rape that I called One in Five. And it was a wall of um, five uh, sculptures of female breasts. And one of them was uh, made out of gelatin and very lifelike. And that was the One in Five. And the idea is that people would come into the room, they'd see a pair of gelatin boobs that look very real and feel very real, and they'd go, oh, I want to touch that, and they did in droves. And then they'd turn around, and there were the statistics about sexual assault, about abuse, and then it, at the bottom it was, are you still going to touch? And it was a real, it was the favorite, my favorite piece I've ever done. It was like really good, to be fair. I, it got like um, best in show, and I was so proud of it. Um, and it was that, it was the response to that that really just kind of tipped me over the edge and I put a lot of my own emotions and experience into my sketchbook and that received such a kind of caring response, I guess, that it just kind of flipped a switch in my head and I went, oh no, I can use this, like I can do something with this, I can make this into something, I can make this into something really powerful and really important. Um, and it's definitely been a bit of a process getting from there to, you know, telling 400 people about it. But, yeah, it got there in the end. <laughs> it starts a great constructive conversation. Um, I know you mentioned before um, the men, men, you know, we, there were, you know, a number that went down last night. And I know there's been a lot of um, conversation about what can men do now? How can we be involved in this? And um, the word ally is used a lot. I mean, what is the message for, for men who are, who want to help, who don't want to stand by the sidelines, I suppose, you talk about uh, clubs and stuff and seeing things happening. I mean, what, what can we do? Have a conversation with your wife, with your girlfriend, with your mum, with your sister, with your friends when you're out. If the girls, I don't know, like, if the guys just say, do you want me to walk you home? Mm. 
or I'll wait in a taxi rank with you. Like, lots of us live in town. But also respect when we don't want you to do that. Because yeah. we don't know you. <laughs> like, you could also be... Yeah, threatening. Of, yeah, exactly. But I have noticed in the last week or so, I live in town, and in the last week or so, when guys have been walking, like, we all know the street light mm. isn't great in town, but people have been saying, good evening, hello, and really giving me space when mm. I've been walking. And I, I really... Like talking, especially if someone's yeah. like, hiya. And it's like, right, okay. They're not trying to hide. Yeah. And that's a street that I've lived on for a long time, and nobody's ever done that before unless they know me. And I think it's that sort of things, just giving the reassurance. Yeah. But it is all about talking and educating yeah. and... Of course, there's tons in the media about Twitter's just full of yeah. what can I do and I do this and I do that. There's things like crossing a street or whatever yeah. um, that you can do. But I think it is about starting the conversation yeah. and educating our young chaps and all of us to be more respectful. Yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the big ones for me... Um, and one that I've seen make a difference in my own circles um, and it's something that Eli is really good for and my boyfriend is really good for and I've kind of noticed that in a group of men, especially younger men, there is, there is a certain demographic that are very laddie and very kind of, it's very within the culture for that to exist. Um, and my first impression of my boyfriend was that he was that person. Luckily he wasn't, but there have been instances where his friends have been, and him and a couple of his other friends or the whole group will kind of crowd around and be like, no, this isn't appropriate, you can't do this, imagine how she would feel, and really just explain it to them. And I think especially coming from other men, it's so much more powerful because, I mean, as much as they probably wouldn't want to admit it, they do listen more sometimes when it is coming from another man, you know? Um, and hearing it from another man makes them go, shit, you're right. Or, and that culture's right. been used to kind of blanket a lot of ills, I suppose, yeah, and make it seem as a joke or, you know, negates it in a way. But some of my older friends have said, there's probably things that I have done and I have to take ownership of that. Yeah. Um, I've probably been inappropriate or said something that I shouldn't or yeah. commented on what you're wearing, certain parts of your yeah. anatomy. Or catcalled. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think even people that think they're just being really lovely... And it can come across as really, really creepy. And I'm sure that's not the intention. So I think it's just on all of us. I know I can be really over-familiar with people and just be like, oh, my love, or chicken, or yeah. whatever. And you can be over-familiar, but there is a line, and we all have to be conscious about things that we're saying and doing. And yeah. could it? I'm not saying everybody's got to check themselves all the time, but I don't think it is bad to check yourself and say, yeah. could that be threatening? Obviously, I don't think I'm threatening. You so might do something or yeah. it appears over familiar or you touch yeah. somebody and they don't want to be touched. And, and it's all about consent yeah. and respect for yeah. people and space. And I think that's the conversation that's happening. There's talk about things. There's 
think about things, educate yourself. There's so much that we can all do and I'm sure we'll have more conversations like this about changes that hopefully we're going to help. We have this momentum now, I suppose, I mean, but it's we to carry to... that on forwards. I mean, have there been conversations about other, I don't know, events or things specifically that you want to have ch to change? Yeah, I mean, after <laughs> yesterday, um, I think we were talking about another event yeah. today on the group chat, weren't we? But I think we all need a week off to relax until we have that conversation. I feel hungover and I haven't drunk anything. I, I cannot, I slept for 11 hours and I still need more. We are so tired. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think there, I think there will be more to do from here. You know, I think there are more conversations to have. And if that's um, in kind of a support group setting, then that would be fantastic. If that's another event, then that would be fantastic. But I think we're gonna, I think it will be a good idea to kind of take, um, take notes from the way that hopefully the event last night mm -hmm. changes Guernsey. And then we can go forward and say, well, now we need to do this. And now we need to do this. And now we need to do this, you know, go forward. And we want to speak to charities and groups because there's great work that's already been done. And we'd like to highlight the great work, yes. see if we can help, see we might be able to do fundraising yeah. or anything. But there's no point us trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just, yeah, exactly. well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more women who want to be part of it. And our Facebook group, we've just set one up. Um, you can focus all this energy that you now have and all, this, all these people and everybody who's involved. And lots of people have reached out to us already and lots of people have reached out to us last night and today and it's been incredibly moving and we're really, really grateful for, to the Guernsey media. Um, everybody was there last night. <laughs> there was just so many people with fancy cameras and um, all of that. And it's not something... I think that's a change in the narrative. It's not something that people want to sweep under the carpet. They don't just think we're mad feminists. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. I think yesterday <laughs> was... So many people were there, it was great. It so was I really so hope great. for the future it continues going in the right direction. And I thank you so much for everything you've done and thank you for coming in. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps, and remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.